is Do Well, Do Good, the podcast from the circle of young entrepreneurs, where we explore how you can have a positive impact in the world from within your large corporate organization. We hear from the Trojan horses, social side hustlers, and the corporate change makers who are on the front line, changing business from the inside by doing well and doing good. We're a new podcast, and over the next few months, we have some great guests. We introduce our 20 chapter leads and we have a range of different industries. So subscribe to our podcast, Do Well, Do Good. I'm Maddie Debney. On today's show, we hear how Tim Hurd and David Spears turned their journey of delivering a social initiative at Barclays into inspiration to start a movement of over 5,000 people all over the world. Tim and David, welcome. So to start with, can you define social entrepreneurship? Because it's quite a new term. It's quite a new term, I think, in thought and discussion, um, but maybe not in theory. It's been been around for a, a few years um, and it's now starting to reach maturity, I feel. I define it as a passionate individual who acts like an entrepreneur inside a company to deliver a product or project which has both social and business capital. So essentially profitably doing good. I think it's um, the other thing that I would add as well is that it's it's a an individual that that believes that business can and should be a force for good and they're willing to put their neck on the line um, to to work the extra hours to to do something outside of their day job in order to to make that happen within their company and do well do good that's a phrase that mm-hmm. i hear you both using a lot where did you come across that i think if we look at our own journey as social entrepreneurs um we look at what the journey did for us um, in terms of doing well, but also what it did for the world in terms of doing good. And I think a lot of people of our generation want this ability to not have to choose between the do well and the do good. So they absolutely want to earn enough money to have uh, you know, a comfortable life, but they also want to feel like they have the ability to affect the world around them. And in fact, you'll be doing well by doing good and do good by doing well. And the two shouldn't be separate. They should be seen as the same thing. And that the hashtag do well, do good came from that feeling because essentially being a social entrepreneur is all about the do well, do good. I think as well that um, what we found looking historically is that people people got to a point in their careers or their lives where um, they they might have been doing very well professionally uh, and for not financially, um, but really they were looking for something more. They were looking to have more of a positive impact on the world around them. And at that point, they would have decided, right, this is the time where I quit my corporate job and I join a charity, or I go and work for an NGO, or I volunteer somewhere. And I think what we're what we're saying is that at that point you don't necessarily have to jump ship you can you can stay on board and you can try and you know shift that ship shift that oil tanker um, by a couple of degrees rather than necessarily having to spin out and leave and do your own thing and the real magic here is that social entrepreneurship is just you know relatively ordinary people doing ordinary things that leads to something extraordinary when we talk about the roundup journey later just dave and i using normal business acumen, normal business skills, you know, writing pitch decks, working out a business case, talking to people in a certain way that we just 
put into a chain of activity that ultimately led to social impact. So the power of social entrepreneurship um, is that it allows normal people, in inverted commas, to become superheroes. And I think that's what we find amazingly refreshing and empowering. We first met at Bangkok in the One Young World Summit in 2015. Mm -hmm. And you were at kind of more the beginning stage of your entrepreneurship journey, Roundup was um, kicking off. Can you tell us how you came about Roundup and how that's really grown in the past few years? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, within our company Barclays we were we were able to have that platform to um, create a very nascent idea and be able to pitch that to an audience um, and I think when Tim and I met um, we'd both created kind of a similar idea around a credit card that rewards green behavior um, but we'd um, at that point we'd never met um, and we were kind of almost like put together. Um, one Direction style. Yeah. the, uh, the one deck. The one, yeah, One Direction, I'd say. Oh, one, really? One Direction of Barclays, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we, where we met each other. Um, and then through that journey, we, and, and through a lot of pivoting as well, we, we came up with a, um, a product which is, which is now Barclays Roundup. So that's the, essentially what we, what we do is, enable uh, enable customers to round up their purchases to the nearest pound with the difference between the the, the product that they're buying and uh, the, the end value that difference goes to a charity of their choice that is absolutely horrendously explained <laughs> I, I, I usually I, do I understand it. what you mean yeah. so you buy a large for £2.80 yeah, 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 yeah. it rounds up to £3 the 20p goes to charity exactly, exactly right. yeah yeah, yeah. We should get married to explain Roundup in I'll future. I'll join the team, guys. Yeah. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Roundup's an interesting case. I mean, it's one of the things, and David mentioned this, is, is, is pivoting, right? So social entrepreneurs repeatedly pivot, which doesn't mean, you know, that that you give up. It means that you, you move sideways to move forward. So we started with a green credit card. It became Barclays Roundup, and it's a much better product for it. And, you know, in the three years it took us to deliver Roundup, which has just been confirmed for its external launch in 2018, um, you know, we, we pivoted many times, and there was, there was many times where we had people who, you know, we'd walk into a meeting and Dave and I would be like, hey, look at this great idea. And people were like, that's a great idea. And then, you know, we'd walk out the meeting and be like, we actually got absolutely nothing from that. You know, we just got a little pat on the back and you need to be very tangible with the way that you speak about these things and the way that you ask senior people about what you want from them. And that, that was one of the things that I think we, we certainly learned. And I think an entrepreneurship journey is immensely rewarding, but it is immensely frustrating. So we got incredibly good at, at pestering people, well, particularly me, I, you know, I can, I can, I can, email people repeatedly on the same topic and have absolutely no shame which has has helped us in our uh, in our journey but it is about being resilient and and continuing on in the face of sometimes quite significant adversity i think it's also important that you can prove the business benefit of what you're bringing mm -hmm. because we've touched upon this before for it to be a sustainable project it needs to be beneficial to the business as well as wider society and it has to be a good product i think exactly. that's one of the things that we've realized in recent years is that what we're talking about isn't necessarily always social innovation in, in, in the purest capacity. Actually, fundamentally, what we talk about is creating amazing new products that open new profit lines 
new markets, excite people, right, and have social impact. And I think that Roundup itself is now an amazing product that will be incredibly profitable um, when we launch it as a, as a B2B version versus the B2C one we piloted. And that was an immensely exciting moment for, for me personally when I sat there and you know, literally a, a piece of paper and jotted down some of the calculations for what this can be earning for Barclays and the amounts that it can raise for charity. That was, you know, that was the sweet, the sweet spot almost. I was like, this is pretty cool. Um, and the fact that we have created that is that's an immensely powerful feeling to get to a journey and saying this wouldn't have happened but for our perseverance and our perspiration uh, and our frustration I suppose as all as all packaged together to come out with an amazing outcome and it was hard at times but ultimately the outcome is almost is everything really here and it's come to a really strong resolution both for us in a career sense for what it led to in the circle of young entrepreneurs and and actually for Barclays and society and our customers, everybody wins. I think you're right, Maddie. I think the um, to, to create a product that has social benefit, first and foremost, needs to be a business proposition which makes commercial and financial sense to the organization, it needs to be aligned with strategy. It needs to be um, something that the organization either already does or it's what they do best you know when we wouldn't ask a we wouldn't ask a bank to create a car because that's not what they do best so i think having something that that really sits comfortably with the business um, and there's some clear revenue drivers for that that's the most important thing to bottom out i think quite often we get um stuck in the uh in the mindset and the way of thinking of how can we how can we have how can we change the world and have amazing social impact? And that's great to keep that in mind. But if you want to do this inside a large corporate business and use that business as the vehicle for social change, then you need to be thinking about the pounds and the pence and what it's doing for the company, because that's the way that you're going to be able to deliver it. I think that's a really important learning for, for both of us, right, is that we started a bit more on the, on the do good side of the do good, do well. Um, and we said... This is a great way of making the world a better place. Fundamentally, business can bring scale to impact and therefore using business as an engine of positive social change is hugely impactful. But the more that we've gone through the process and the more that we've researched it and the more case studies we've seen, the more that I have moved onto the do well side. This isn't philanthropy. This is good business. And there are a lot of people out there flying the flag saying, oh, yay, we're all going to go and you know, do great and do amazing things in the world that, that, that are specifically focused on the social angle, which is great, but you need to rationalize it with a business case. And now I just see social entrepreneurship as a better way of running a company all the way through from talent management, development, retention, attraction to leadership development, innovation. It has benefits in a multitude of different areas that you know make it an incredibly powerful way of conducting business and i think that's the real excitement for me here as the movement grows is actually applying this in a way that benefits companies most i think that powerful aspect is really important and something that's often missed um, people often consider whether to be an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur and like you said an entrepreneur you have that scale and power what would be your advice to people considering the choice if they had that energy to do something? Look at the impact potential. If the impact is the driver, then actually you can have significantly more impact by virtue of staying in the company. 
Um, you use an amazing analogy in a sort of boat-like manner, yeah. here, David. So I think if you if you think about impact in terms of uh, waves in the ocean, then by making a decision to spin out and go it alone as a social entrepreneur, you're almost like a little speedboat. Um, and you can zip around and you can you can move really, really quickly. But because you're so small, arguably the waves that you're making are going to be quite small also. Whereas if you stay in the oil tanker, if you stay on the big ship, which is the corporate, even if you only manage to change the direction of that corporate by 1% or even a tiny bit, not really spinning around in big circles, just shifting very slowly but in the right direction, then arguably the waves that you're going to be making are a lot, lot bigger and a lot more far reaching. So I think there's certainly a place for being a social entrepreneur and for being a social entrepreneur. But what we say is that if you are focused on making a really wide social impact and uh, you really want to scale your, your mission, then to try and do that inside a large organization gives you certain advantages that you would almost certainly never be able to get to as a social entrepreneur. And that's why I rely on David for the metaphors. That is a great, <laughs> a great analogy. But then how would you describe the circle of young entrepreneurs? What kind of boat is that? What kind of boat is the circle of young entrepreneurs? I mean, the first thing that sprung to mind for me for some reason was Noah's Ark, but I'm not sure why it would Noah's be Noah's Ark is a good yeah. analogy. But like, because we, we are bringing a load of people on board, giving them a bit more purpose and meaning, saving the world, David can probably be Noah because he's got a beard. Um, I guess that makes me some kind of elephant or something. I don't know. But maybe maybe a raccoon. That, that, that I've said before, when I get asked what animal I am, I always say raccoon because I'm vaguely annoying, but also ultimately quite endearing. So maybe I'd be a raccoon. I would say that the the circle of young entrepreneurs uh, is either, you're right, like Noah's Ark or more like a, like a cruise liner. Um, so we've got lots of awesome people on board lots of uh, cool things going on and we just really want to go from port to port uh, all over the world and with different people different companies uh, and show them what we're all about and you know hopefully hopefully change the way business sees itself and how others see business. Can you give us a bit of an overview of the circle and how you came to start it? Well, the circle really grew out of the roundup journey right um, we, we saw the fact that despite having a product that was incredibly impactful, had an amazing business case, had a lot of senior support, it was still incredibly hard to deliver. And we felt that at the time there was not really anything out there supporting us as individuals, as an external body. So we created the circle to provide that support, you know, even in the form of, of, of giving you a corporate cuddle on, 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 on your bad days. Because at times it does, it does get hard when your baby, your product is, 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 is not moving quick enough or you get a no. I mean, no never really means no in, in a corporate, right? You can, you can maneuver through the organization. But the circle grew out of that initial lack of support. And secondly, we wanted to create a network that focused specifically on 
what we, we determine as young entrepreneurs. So quite often we get people saying, am I too old to join the young entrepreneurs? Which is, is completely incorrect because we mean young entrepreneurs as a combination of the two words. It's people that are young entrepreneurs starting the journey, becoming entrepreneurs. And our whole ethos is about the creation and delivery of purpose-driven projects all over the world because otherwise we're just talking about impact and not creating it, which is one of the things that I find most irritating in the world, right? So we are, I suppose, the support mechanism, the now research body as well, uh, as well as some really cool events. And to be honest, the secondary effect is we've created a network of really awesome people that when we all get together, it's just really fun, right? Um, and therefore, by scale now, we can act as an advocate on mass scale for internal um, innovation, for social innovation, for social entrepreneurship. And in fact, we are close to agreeing a deal with the United Nations, whereby we are listed as a core delivery partner for the Sustainable Development Goals, because fundamentally, we can now systemically and systematically apply internal pressure to 400 of the world's biggest companies who are much more likely to listen to that internal pressure versus external pressure, particularly when, from our demographic analysis, the network of people we've built is the junior talent, the junior talent of the world's biggest companies, right? They're the people that they want to keep. So when someone comes and speaks to you saying, this is a great idea, you know, you will give them the time of day because otherwise, as with a lot of millennials, they will leave the company, right? So this is almost a retention play. So that's, that's a bit of my thoughts on that. I think what's staggering with the circle is that you've clearly built a compelling vision and business model, but you've also had startling growth, which uh, is difficult to build. What advice would you give to people that are looking to build a brand, a movement, a momentum? Um, and, and why do you think you've had such incredible growth? I think what we've been able to do is tap into a, a millennial zeitgeist of uh, the way in which young, professional, um, forward-thinking people want to be able to affect social change. Um, let me try that again. I think what we've been able to do is is the way in which we think and the way in which we see the world and how we want to uh, make an impact, we've been able to create something that um, allows people to come together and rally around a way in which to make that happen. And the way in which we see that is by using large businesses as vehicles for social change. The way in which uh, business operates as a whole now is for um, the benefit primarily of shareholders uh, and what we would like to see. And I think, you know, as a, as a millennial, I think this is where a lot of millennials would like to see, is that the brands and the businesses where we spend our money, where the brands that we associate with, um, we would like to see them have more of a, um, a social focus on um, improving the world around them in the communities in which they operate that goes outside of the four walls, that doesn't just return a profit, but actually they, there's value uh, and purpose and meaning in who they stand for as a business. And I think using young people, 
with entrepreneurial skills inside that company to do that is probably the best way. I think in terms of what I would advise to, to kind of build this kind of movement, I think it it's around having something that people can rally around and some a vision that goes beyond individuals, that goes beyond certain geographies or companies and is something that that all people or all of a group can identify with and be fairly evangelical about. It almost feels sometimes like a bit of a, a sort of counterculture thing. It's almost a little bit of a, this counterculture is the wrong word. Subculture, I think. Yeah, you've definitely yeah. touched yeah. on yeah. the mood and the mm. uh, desires mm. of mm-hmm. young workers at the time. I think. Yeah, I mean, people people want to people want to have um, people want to have a good life. You know, they they've they've people have worked hard, um, and. But they also, they don't want to check in their conscience at the door when they get into work. They want to be able to to use their, their nine to five or they want to be able to hustle inside work for a greater good, not necessarily to, you know, line someone else's pockets. Um, but they also don't want to give up any kind of career ambitions or they don't want to, you know, be in a position where you know they're they're in their 50s or 60s and they they're kind of looking at themselves and thinking well what have I done with my life so I think you're right we've kind of tapped into that it's um I mean look we've had a 500% growth rate this year right a thousand percent last year um virtually all over social media with no budget and very little time given that David and I obviously have full-time day jobs plus being social entrepreneurs at Barclays and plus all our other stuff um, I mean, sometimes sort of tongue in cheek, I tell people that the circle is now both my hobby and my girlfriend because I just don't have time for anything. But I think when you find something that you're passionate about, or maybe actually you're my girlfriend now, David, who knows? I mean, who knows? I spend so much time with you. Um, but I think it's um, it's just the message and the brand is landing so well, particularly in the States, actually. So I'm not sure if that's the game, the sort of counterculture to Trump or something, but we, we provide people with hope, right? And I think that I don't use that term loosely because that's what I felt when I first became a social entrepreneur is this ability to go into work and change the world. And I think that is is just such a hopeful concept. You've built this incredible network, just the two of you at the beginning, mm. and it's obviously now grown. Do you feel that um, embarking upon an entrepreneurial or entrepreneurial venture with somebody else with complementary skill sets um, makes it easier uh, or have there been challenges working so closely? I think we, um, David and I are very lucky in that we have this incredible balance of skills which we perhaps didn't know when we first met but um, and to be fair I probably what, what, wind David up sometimes. I mean certainly when you look at, <laughs> I, I, I tend to work on almost a 24 hour working plan so <laughs> I'll, I'll be texting David at like four in the morning or wherever when I wake up and think about something new for the circle or, or with Roundup. Um, and David brings this um, this immense gravitas to my sort of energy um, and this ability to display things that just look so much better and the way to explain things after I've just splurged enthusiasm at people that works incredibly well. So I think between the two of us, what we build is I create momentum and David adds the sustainability to that momentum so that we actually always proceed at a pace which is sustainable and a pace which 
has allowed us to grow so quickly. I mean, I think one of the things that we, we realized this year is that maybe we were starting to outgrow our support structures in a sense. So we, we brought in the chapter model. So obviously 20 chapters live now. And we brought in a central committee of which, Maddie, you are a very valued part. Um, and that helps us to really build a network that we can all be proud of together because I think otherwise we're just going to fall into the trap of being a network of social media platforms and events that doesn't tangibly do anything when, again, we are completely focused on creation and delivery. That is what we want to do, tangible delivery. Um, and I think Dave and I have approached, I, I, th I think we've approached it in a very, um, and I would say this, but I'm kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's worked because of the, the, the resolution we've come to, but I think it, it, we've, we've obviously done something right. And I think that's, that's, um, that's good because it could have gone, it could have gone, it could have gone completely pairs up, right? It could have been, you know, pear shaped. That was, I mixed the, <laughs> mixed the wrong, the wrong, uh, phrases there, but it's, um, it's, um, yeah, I think we've, we've, we've managed it in a very mature and a very, and I think we actually did some of these sort of psychometric tests and it shows that Dave and I operate in very different ways, but have fundamentally the same morals and the same values. And I think that that is brilliant. And that's what connects something. a yeah. network together yeah. as well as yeah. that same yeah. morals and values. So 2018, what's going to happen? What's your plans? I think we've got, um, well, 2017, we grew a lot and we've, we've had a lot of interest and we've, we've attracted, um, you know, the, the eyes, the ears and the minds of a lot of people. And 2018 for us is how do we, how do we build on that and actually deliver um, our vision of changing business as a force for good? Um, how do we create products and deliver them within companies? How do we show our members that this isn't just theory, that there, there are examples of this happening and that there, there are young people like them doing this kind of stuff. So I think 2018 for us is is building out um, a lot of the stuff that we've uh, we've hoped to do this year. Um, and I think with you know with the support of of the team and everyone that's involved, I'm really confident that we're going to be able to do that. I think this year was well. First year 2016 was create the brand. This year was scale the brand. Next year, we use the brand. Like we, 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 we need to, and now we can deliver on our vision. Well, thank you both for today. If you've enjoyed listening to us today, please subscribe to our podcast or check us out at circleofyi.com. Mm -hmm.